Baseball Tonight, the podcast. This is the Baseball Tonight podcast for Thursday, April 7, 2022. And today will be better than yesterday because today is opening day. Taylor Schwenk is working from his home studio in the foothills of Connecticut. Sarah Abbott is in the heartland. And guys, I think we can agree on this. You're jealous of me because I can see right outside my window, Truist Park. Where tonight, uh, be it opening day in baseball, watching to see the the Braves try to take their first step, trying to repeat as champions. What do you think? I'm definitely jealous of that. And I I know you like to go on like a little pregame walk, like that energy that comes from opening day. I mean, that's it's one of a kind. It's an American tradition buster. So enjoy it out there. I definitely will be jealous as I sit here uh, in my basement. I'm in my basement, too, so I will definitely be jealous that you get sunshine and get that opening day atmosphere. Yeah. Later at the ballpark, I'm sure, you know, you greet uh, members of the Braves, member of the Cincinnati Reds, seeing Joey Votto and seeing Matt Olson. And those guys will be so fired up to get going. I can't wait to see what the energy is like in the ballpark over there. Yesterday was a great day for Jose Ramirez and the Guardians. A lot of questions about You know, would the Guardians trade Ramirez? Well, he agreed to a five-year, $124 million extension. I'll be talking about that with Carl Ravitch and Paul Hembikides coming up. The Brewers acquired catchers Victor Caratini and Alex Jackson, in part because the the other day they lost their catcher, Pedro Severino, to a PD suspension. Caratini, in recent years, has worked a lot with you Darvish as his personal catcher. Bryce Harper seems ready to go. He had a big final exhibition performance against the Rays. He looks over at first. Uh, Real Mutes are not being held on in the pitch. That one is drilled deep to right field. Forget about it. It is gone. A three-run home run for Bryce Harper. It's his second one of the day, and we're only in the second inning. He has eight spring training home runs. And I think partly because of his spring training performance, Paul Ambikides has a prediction about Bryce Harper coming up. Ryan Presley agreed to a two-year, $30 million extension with the Astros. Whit Merrifield restructured his contract, solidifying the likelihood that he will end his playing career with the Kansas City Royals, who are looking to take a big step forward this year. Hot Ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats rewards is your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats Life happens live. It'll happen live over at Truist Park later today. I'm sure that's a hot ticket today in Atlanta. I mentioned the Royals trying to take a big step forward. It's official. Bobby Witt Jr. will be their starter at third base on opening day later today. Here's Bobby Witt Jr. talking about the decision. I got called into Skipper's office and walk in. I see Witt, Benny, and Salvi in there and JJ. And then Skipper was in there and then I saw a wit kind of video and so then that's kind of how I knew something was up and then they just and they told me the news and it was just it was awesome and then awesome being able to share it with those guys as well and then came in here after and all the guys were congratulating me and so it's like I can't really put words to the feeling how it was it's just it was my stomach sank tears came to my eyes and it was, it was something I'll obviously never forget. So if he's as good as what people think, that video will be replayed in years to come as uh, the moment when his major league career really started and the expectations are sky high for him. The opening day starter for the Mets, who spent the offseason building a star-filled rotation, 
Tyler McGill, because of the injuries that Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer. Major League Baseball is going to allow pitchers and catchers to use anti-science stealing technology during the regular season. I'm going to be getting into that with Carl Ravitch coming up and Alex Anthopoulos, the general manager of the Atlanta Braves. Taylor, what do you got? Buster, quickly, before this podcast goes up, there's still time to join a fantasy baseball league. Uh, you can do that with ESPN Fantasy Baseball. It's hours away from getting started. If you're in a league, don't forget to set your lineup. ESPN has all the news and analysis to help you win your league, and you can play all season long on the ESPN Fantasy app, and it's almost playoff time in the NBA. Check out the Hoop Collective with Brian Windhorse and the Low Post with Zach Lowe. Those guys are hitting the bag twice a week, and uh, we'll continue to do so throughout the playoffs. Check those out. Hoop Collective, Low Post, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one and done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef flavored soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Used with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting preventive. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11 ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with Code Baseball. That's Code Baseball. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Alex Anthopoulos is the head of baseball operations for the Atlanta Braves. Alex, congratulations today. You again get to share the 2021 championship uh, with your fans. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, it's, um, I got them. I, I missed uh, the on-field stuff when we won. Um, That's right. You had COVID against, last year. Astros. Yeah. So I got to do the parade, which was a lot of fun, but um, I'm just excited to just, the energy again, it's just, it's, you know, and again, I, I understand we have to move, we have to move on and 2021 is over, but the fact that we get two or three days here, they have a bunch of events. We have the ring ceremony on Saturday. And the fact that we just have a few more days to kind of live it again, experience it, the fan base uh, opening up at home. Uh, we, we should enjoy it. Obviously, you know, this might be the only time we ever get to experience it. So I'm excited at the same time, hopefully we're still prepared to play and uh, we can also win some games along the way. All right. Are you one of the very few people, from what I understand, uh, who've actually laid eyes on the championship ranks? Yeah. So I, <clears throat> the process started in November. So they had met with companies and they had meetings scheduled and I was invited to all those meetings. And I had to skip them all because we we're in the middle of trying to move along with our off season, obviously win the world series on November the 2nd parade two or three days later, and then GM meetings, free agency immediately after that. So 
I remember um, one of the first meetings we were trying to, they had a meeting scheduled in the afternoon. We were working on getting Manny Pena signed. So I had to skip the meeting. So I missed all of the November meetings and then we were locked out. And then in December, I got to be a part of all of it. So uh, it was a group of about four of us. I was one of the, the four that were involved in the design phase of it. Um, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I got to tell you, I didn't ever think I'd be a part of something like that. Um, I've said this a bunch of times. You know, obviously we could not include players in this because we were, we were locked out and we couldn't communicate with them. Um, I will tell you, though, before we were locked out, Jock Peterson had strong thoughts and opinions, not on the design of the ring. He didn't have any input in that. But just in terms of um, the philosophy and the theme of where the ring should go. And his contention was he just didn't like how the MLB rings of, of the past had been done and the design of them. And he really liked the way the NBA and the NFL rings had been done. And, you know, he talked to a lot of his teammates and the players, and they all felt that way that they wanted a whole lot of bling and they wanted to be similar. And if you look at the NBA and the NFL rings, they're not the same as the MLB rings. And I look, I think they're all really nice, all three sports. Um, but they felt pretty strongly that they wanted to break the mold uh, and moved in that direction. So, look, unfortunately, we couldn't include them, but we definitely took that to heart in our design phase. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic and hopeful that these guys will be pleased, but we definitely did try to break the mold and uh, move it in the direction they wanted us to have it go in. And I'm um, certainly excited about it. So we put a lot of time into it. And, and the rings will tell the story of 2021 Braves. So it's a lot of little neat things. Uh, you know, they'll come out with a video and so on about it that really represent uh, the 2021 Braves and the story of the 2021 Braves. So I'm excited about it. I've, obviously, I've, I've seen it. Um, I haven't seen the final product, but I mean, I was involved in all of them. I saw that when they were mocked up and so on. And uh, I think it'll be a, whole, a lot of fun for the fans and obviously for the players. Yeah, it will be a lot of fun. I would say as you were talking, I was thinking that uh, about uh, your manager, Brian Snicker, with that ring, I, I don't think he'll wear it. <laughs> well, actually, I'll tell you, so he, he was the one guy that I mentioned. So I'm like, we very few people saw it. Obviously, our, our chairman, Terry McGurk, um, saw it. Brian was one guy we brought in under the tent right at the end. And I was concerned because it's a pretty flashy ring. And I'm just, you know, I wanted to make sure he felt good. I think we all agreed that he, he liked it. Again, I don't, I, I don't know that he'd wear it or I'll wear it. These rings are all so big. Um, but he liked it. And, um, you know, that was, uh, I think he would have been honest about it if he was not a fan, but we, uh, you know, we wanted to make sure just to get a sense from him too, just, just to get a feel, but, you know, you didn't want too many people to see it. And so I think uh, we've done a really good job being able to keep it under wraps and, um, I'm just excited. I, I think the players will be excited about it. Um, and, you know, really I'm excited to, I finally get Jock's take on it because he was so adamant, so vocal in a really good way about, you know, we, all these MLB rings have all been basically the same. Obviously, you know, they, everyone has their own brands and logos and so on, but he all felt they were similar theme, similar style. And he was so adamant about why do we have to keep doing this? Let's go in some other direction, take a look at these other sports. And um, we certainly did that. I think the big thing, we talked about this was, I know I certainly felt this way and, and the, the group agreed. We're only getting these rings because of those 26 guys. You know, we're all going to get rings. We all get to say we were part of a world series winning organization, but we did it because 26 guys on the field were the ones that played and got it done and won those games. So that's how they feel. And that's the direction they wanted to go in. Obviously they had to trust us in the design uh, because we couldn't communicate with them, but we owed it to them 
and certainly in my view, and I think the organization's view, if this is what they wanted, they wanted it to be blingy, they wanted it to be more in the direction of the NFL and the NBA, we were going to certainly try to honor that and do our best. Uh, yeah, Brian Sicker, once I asked him what he does on an off day and he kind of paused, he goes, you know, I like to walk around Costco with a cup of coffee and just see what's out there. You know, that's his personality. So the fact it's that he exactly likes it him. is a good sign. I, it's so true. So true. I, he's, I, uh, he's very authentic, g- genuine, real guy. And i got to tell you, four years, you know, we worked together four years. This is I'm going into year five, manager of the year, four divisions in a row, World Series. This guy has not changed one bit. No ego, no sense of entitlement. Um, same person, humility down the earth. And it's not an act. It's, I think just, I think with what he's been through in his life and his, in his career, I don't think he'll ever take this stuff for granted. All right. I got, uh, we got about three minutes left. I got four quick hitters for you. Uh, where do we stand with Ronald Acuna Jr. in terms of when you can expect him back? So we are shooting for the first week of May. Um, we have a few road games against the Mets. Then we have an off day. And then I think we open up at home against the Brewers on the 6th. So we're hopeful, optimistic. Again, we're still pretty far out, but we've been shooting for that Brewers series. Um, and we'll just see how he feels and how he's recovering. But you try to map things out. Um, we're hoping we'll get him to AAA rehab assignment uh, the week of Monday, April 25th. And then it's just a matter of reps and at-bats and innings in the outfield and all those things. And then when he does come back, you know, we're not certain exactly how his body's going to respond and recover. He'll be able to play the outfield. We just don't know. Will it be two days in a row? Will it be one day in a row? Then two days of DHing? We're just going to have to slowly build him up. He'll be at the nine-month mark on April 21st, which is you know, we're not doing anything prior to that time. Uh, but I think once we get into the 10-month mark and so on, you know, hopefully around the All-Star break or beginning of July, I think we'll be well past any um, any concerns and he should be full go. But we do expect him back the first week of May. It's just a matter of how we're going to split up his time in the outfield and DH. Early impressions of Matt Olson. Obviously great player, but just, um, you know, we'd heard great things about the person, character, makeup, and so on. He fit in really well into the clubhouse. And you expect that anyone who's a good person and a good teammate, all the work we did. But he just seamlessly fit, fit in. He just fits this group so well. Um, I know the infielders appreciate, obviously they had Freddie for all those years, great defender, having another great defender over there too, but he's got a humility about him. Um, he's very bright and, uh, he's just a a fantastic fit for us. And I just like how grounded he is. I think obviously there's a lot to take on from coming into Atlanta, winning the world series, getting the contract, replacing Freddie, all that kind of stuff. I don't think he's phased by any of it in a good way. I think he's grounded. I think Smith said it best. Um, if he had had to do this at 22, 23, it'd be a lot harder, but at 28 now, he's been through a lot of things, had some success, gold gloves and so on. Um, you know, I, we're just excited to have him. Uh, the technology uh, has been approved by major league baseball for catchers to transmit uh, signs to the pitchers with a device on their forearm. I feel like it's inevitable that all 30 teams will wind up using it just because the paranoia about sign stealing uh, how's that gone for your group so far? Yeah, we were actually just talking about it uh, two days ago in Florida, just with our staff, and actually went over to talk to some of the players as well before our last game in Florida. So we have not used it yet in-game. There's a reluctance right now from our catchers to do it. Um, but I can tell you this. Our manager said, you know, he saw – it seems as though about half the teams are doing it right now. I agree with you. I think this is where it's headed. This is where it's going. Talking to some of our players, and I asked them what their peers – well, and other teams thought some of them really enjoyed it. Some of the catchers weren't as sold. 
Um, I think our group, for the most part, they want to take a wait and see approach, let other teams maybe work out some of the kinks and things like that. But um, I do agree with you. The one thing our manager said, he felt like it greatly improved the pace of the game, that there was a flow and it was moving fast, which look, I think generally, I think we all agree that's probably a good thing. So I don't think we want to see four hour games and three and a half hour games. So knowing that, knowing that you're eliminating sign stealing and so on, um, we're not going to be one of those teams that's going to use it out of, out of the, the gates. You know, our players are not prepared to go down that path, but I do think as we gather more information and we, we get um, more clarity from other teams and players, how they feel about it, I, I can see us at some point um, doing it as well. All right, Alex. Well, have fun today. Thanks for taking time on a busy day for you. No problem. Really glad to do it. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes. The clutch hits, the strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All aboard. It's the Rabby Train with Carl Rabbit. Rabby Train is in Atlanta, and I know that because he's doing the game on t- television tonight with Eduardo Perez. David Cohn got to fly in because the Yankees game uh, home opener was uh, postponed by rain for a day. Tim Kirkton will be on television tonight. I'll be doing the game on radio. Rabby, how excited are you this morning? It's hard. It's really hard to put into words how excited I am. I uh, I love opening day every year because it's the start of not only Major League Baseball season but baseball season. But there's no question this is uh, this is unique. It's really special. I get chills thinking about it. I had a good dinner last night with Eduardo Perez and Tim and the crew and Andrew Jones, of course, the great Braves outfielder, sat down with us. Uh, yeah, I, I have a in a kind of a chill mode. I mean, I have a chill every day uh, since this is going to happen. I was very worried, Buster, that we weren't going to start on time. And the idea that we're only a few days late and we're going to play 162 and we're in the middle of it is such a such an honor. So uh, I remember, I think it was 10 years ago, the first game that was played in the Marlins New Park. Uh, You know, that was weird to me that our first broadcast that year was from that site. And if you remember Muhammad Ali, just, you know, one of the best known people in the world was introduced before the game and everybody was kind of scratching their heads. Like what's his connection to baseball? Uh, And the whole thing felt kind of odd. That's not going to be the case tonight here in Atlanta. It feels like the perfect baseball atmosphere. We're going to see what kind of reception you think they're going to give Matt Olson homegrown kid who comes back to play first base. Yeah, I think they're going to have two incredible uh, receptions. I think tonight they're going to have an incredible reception for the team, 
They will welcome Matt Olson with open arms. And then June 26th, when Freddie Freeman and the Dodgers come into town, they will embrace Freddie Freeman. Um, look, I think that Atlanta Braves fans recognize that as much as they love Freddie Freeman and whether he came back, they would have been delighted. I mean, they would have been delighted if you were literally to say, if Freddie Freeman can't come back, let's come up with a list of three players that we can replace him with. Matt Olson is at the top of every one of those lists more than Vlad Guerrero, more than Pete Alonso, more than, and more than Joey Votto, um, Matt Olson would be at the top of that list. And that's the guy that is here to replace Freddie Freeman. And look, this is not a Matt Olson issue. This is a Braves Freddie Freeman issue. This, this fan base is so excited. They've never sold more uh, season tickets than they have this season. They had a parade last year when they won the series. They're having another parade today for the players as they, uh, as they go through the battery and into the ballpark. It's, it's a major celebration and Ronald Acuna is coming back. They feel as good about this team as they have in forever. Oh, totally. And I feel like despite the fact they won the World Series, I've been saying I feel like they're underrated. Uh, and it feels like tonight, like it's inevitable because of the magic of baseball that you're going to have a walk-off hit probably by Matt Olson. I don't know why, but like <laughs> the last three days, I've been locked in on that. It just feels inevitable that that's going to happen uh, as the Braves uh, take their big step forward. I would say this, you know, you're doing the game on television. Roxy Bernstein and I are doing the game on radio. And I'm really jealous of you because uh, you get to uh, address one of the players uh, on the other team they're facing in a way that we can't on radio. And that is Joey Votto with this recent tick talk phenomenon <laughs> which is it, like if 10 years ago if you had said to one of joey Votto's teammates that he became would become a tiktok superstar they would be scratching their heads going what it's it's mm. pretty incredible how he's emerged as he's gotten older carl yeah he's he's become very very comfortable in his skin publicly i, I think joey's always been fairly comfortable in his skin like i i, I think i saw the roots of this side of joey Votto. I believe it was 2011 when he and I were in an ESPN bathroom on the second floor shooting a sports center promo with the Reds mascot and his mustache. And we got into the discussion about Joey D or the mascot who had the best mustache. Uh, and obviously the mascot uh, had the best mustache, but, but I spent hours upon hours in a men's bathroom on the second floor of ESPN with Joey Votto. I, I've seen I've seen glimpses of this personality, um, but heck, I, I, if I'm Joey Votto and I've seen sort of some of the moves the team has made, and I'm one of the great hitters of my generation, uh, why the heck not? Everyone else puts the puts the camera on themselves. He is an unbelievable uh, TikTok follow, Instagram follow. He's having a blast with it. I don't think it's going to affect his ability to play. And why the heck not market yourself? Isn't that what everybody does nowadays? Yeah, future Hall of Famer. And and again, I I mean, the, the podcast is the same as being on radio. I could try to describe the TikTok videos that <laughs> Votto has done, but it would be futile. And I'm not going to I just encourage people to go watch that. It kind of reminds me, Carl, and you, you and I are a little bit older, uh, of when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar showed up in the movie Airplane. And you're like, oh, my God, <laughs> that guy is really right. funny. And that's the way it was with Surely. Votto and these TikTok. TikTok yeah, videos, you know, Shirley. but don't call me Shirley, by the way, to your point about TV tonight, 
Joey Votto Buster has been kind enough to put on a microphone during the game um, in the field, and he's going to wear the microphone at least, at least as I understand it, to the plate. Uh, we're not going to talk to him while he's up there, uh, but given where Joey Votto is, he may very well go into a little play-by-play of his at bat. So yeah, there is a huge reason to watch tonight uh, beyond the opening night game and the World Series champions. Joey Votto is going to wear a microphone for us during the game. That'll be amazing because I tell you this, like I've heard from catchers that Votto uh, will have conversations with them uh, during his plate appearances. Like it's like somebody narrating a chess match. And in particular, he and Yadi Molina will go back and forth Mm. when Joey go, huh? I didn't expect that one. Okay. You got me there. (laughs) So that'll be, I, I, you know, I'm going to have to uh, make sure I get uh, a tape of that game afterward because I I would love to hear that conversation. I want to ask you about the deal we saw yesterday between Jose Ramirez and the guardians and folks generally speaking around the sport, you know, or maybe casual fans surprised. I wasn't that surprised, Carl, because there's just so much risk for Jose Ramirez in these last two years of this very team-friendly contract, he's playing this year under a team option. And then at the end of this year, there would be another team option. So only $12 million or so guaranteed. And so for the Guardians to throw out $124 million, 18 months before he can become a free agent for a player who, as you know, is a he's a tremendous player, but he's not a guy who's running to the cameras. Uh, he's generally a pretty right. quiet guy. I've always understood that he loves playing in Cleveland. It makes sense for me to him to to grab the nine-figure deal now that far out from free agency. What do you think? Yeah, I, I struggle with anybody that's critical. I think we've said this before. Anybody that's critical of, uh, of an individual's decision. And Jose Ramirez had made it very clear. And people seem to be skeptical about the sincerity of wanting to play in Cleveland. Um, that's what he wanted to do. Uh, on a lot of ways, if you look at the Jose Ramirez situation and how the situation with Freddie Freeman somehow got messed up, Freddie claimed he wanted to be here. Something got in the way of Freddie Freeman being here. And this is where the money thing becomes a troubling one. If a lot of the money with the Dodgers and your great article about the breakdown and conversations and communications and agents involvement on Freeman, um, Jose Ramirez made it quite clear he wanted to stay here in Cleveland, and they were able to get it done. I, I think in any case, for the most part, if a player has a real desire, especially a, an established superstar, a real desire to stay there, he could get on the phone, call the organization and say, how do we make this work? How do we make this work? My family, me, I want to stay here. Ramirez was able to do that. Um, and I, I'm delighted for him. Look, the Indian, the Guardians have a whole bunch of great prospects coming up. They can always pitch and he's a super anchor, and he wants to be there. God bless him. I, I love I love the decision from the Guardians and from him. All right, tonight on your broadcast and our broadcast, and then on Sunday night when we got the Red Sox and Yankees from Sunday Night Baseball, there's no doubt there's going to be a conversation about this new pitch comp technology yep. that Major League Baseball has approved. Uh, for anybody who didn't see the description, uh, the catcher wears a transmitter, Uh, On the wrist of his gloved hand, he punches buttons, which can give a pitch type, can give uh, a location. The pitcher and three other position players can wear listening devices. Um, In in spring training, generally speaking, Carl, I heard raves about it from players. There's some teams that are not uh, entirely comfortable. For example, yesterday I was 
with the Tigers. And, and A.J. Hinch told me that Tucker Barnhart, their catcher, is not entirely comfortable with it. I guarantee you by the end of the year, 30 out of 30 teams will be using this because that'll allow them to bypass the whole thing about whether or not the runner at second base is relaying signs and the pitcher stepping off. I think it's going to help the flow of the game. Um, I, you know, it's a great step forward. I feel like for baseball, what do you think? Oh, I agree. I think it's wonderful. Um, unfortunately the skeptic in me, uh, the conspiracy theorist in me, because baseball has such a history of trying to steal signs or other things that are, that are considered illicit. I, I, I am just worried that at some point somebody's going to try to figure out and and for sure they're going to try to figure out a way to tap into uh, that signal. They're, they're going to try to do that. If they've come up with the greatest encryption system ever and nobody can ever steal the signal that's being sent from the catcher to the pitcher and the infielders and the center fielder, then God, it's wonderful. It, it would be great. It's certainly in the short term. It's not something people are going to figure out how to tap into. It's going to speed up the game, and it, it kind of reduces the simplicity of, uh, you know, fastball up and in. That's that's so easy. Breaking ball down and away, splitter in the dirt, whatever those messages are, it's very easy to be received. Um, it's going to be interesting to see the pitcher say no, and then all of a sudden, you're kind of back to the keyboard of the transmitter saying, okay, he didn't want that. Now I'm going to have to re-enter one. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And one of the cool features is, is that you can customize the voice from what I understand, uh, <laughs> you know, which leads to a great conversation. I mean, it's not only about, you know, Spanish or English, it's about, you could literally right. download a particular voice. And I got to believe Carl, that if you were a pitcher, the voice that you would choose if uh, would be that of Tim Kirkton. What do you think? <laughs> as long as he can giggle beforehand, ah, he wants me to throw a, a fastball down and in. Ah, now that, that part would be great. Ah, look, this is, this is ways on your, this is your directions in your car. I mean, some people may want to have, uh, you know, an Australian do it. Uh, who knows what the accents uh, that they're going to have, but if, if it makes you more comfortable, bingo, I, I'm all for, it. I, I love the idea. Look, I like a lot of the ideas that are being kicked around. I think the, the uh, input from guys like Thea Webstein. I know you saw that CC Sabathia was tired yesterday. Like, it seems like there's a lot of good decisions being made with regards to the people that are being put in places that can influence relationships, that can influence the play on the field. I, I really do feel good about the direction the game is going in because of the people that are being put in places to impact that. On Sunday night, I can't wait to hear what officially would be your choice as a voice for the custom, uh, you know, for the custom uh, <laughs> technology they have there. I can't wait to hear the voice that uh, David Cohn, Eduardo Perez would uh, would want to hear as well. Have fun tonight, Carl. See you at the park in a little while. You too. Hi, Buster. Jumping into the numbers. numbers. This is Himbo Knows on Baseball Tonight. Embo, of course, Paul Ambikidi is a researcher for ESPN. He's a honcho on the show Get Up, a show I would have not would not have agreed to appear on today if I knew, Hembo, that you were going to throw uh, trivia at me. When I got that note from you this morning, I'm telling you, because it's opening day and get a million hits and a million things going on. I'm like, that is that is the worst time for me to take a trivia question. So I, I <laughs> to reconsider between now and the time we actually tape that. 
Here's all I wanted, Buster. You're probably going to get the question right because it's not that hard. But I'm actually, my intention here was just to give you anxiety for a couple hours. And so it seems that I've made that I've hit my mark. I do. I need anxiety today. I think not. <laughs> There's just so much going on. But it, let's face it. It's a fun day for sure. Uh, you know, we'll see uh, as the day goes along, you know, the, what we're going to see, because we'll be surprised by something during the course of the day. All right. I know you want to talk about Jose Ramirez, who gets that big five-year contract with the Cleveland Guardians yesterday. Yes, it's, it's hard to say that word, the Guardians, Buster, but I'm going to get used to it. I think it's time. I think it's high time that we really began appreciating Jose Ramirez for what he is on a national level. And that is just a full-fledged, inarguable superstar. Buster, he's the only player in baseball over the last five seasons to have both 300 extra base hits and 100 stolen bases. And during that time, the only players to produce more value than he has, according to War, are Mike Trout and Mookie Betts. This is a player who is not talked about in that kind of company in most of the circles that I frequent, but he is recognized seemingly by your brethren as being one of baseball's best players during that time. Mike Trout is the only player that have re- has received more MVP voting points. Now, I think I think you'd agree with me in saying that he is probably leaving at least some money on the table, but the partnership is obviously good between he and the organization. To me, one of the sort of unintended consequences of this is, I mean, it almost guarantees that Aaron Judge is not going to sign an extension because there's no way Aaron Judge is going to accept a contract like that. And I think they have pretty similar profiles. And so that was one of my sort of offshoot reactions to the announcement yesterday. Yeah, I'd say this. You know, I, I just did a radio. By the way, I twice uh, referred to the Guardians as their by their former name, and I just thrown penny <laughs> in terms of penalties. Uh, I, I think that people you know who are surprised by this deal need to understand that this deal is so team friendly that he's on the risk over the next year and a half before his theoretical free agency would have been extraordinary. Of course, you're mm. taking the money when you're mm. talking about playing on a team option this year and a team option next year. Yes. No question. There, there is no question about it. I guess when I when I look at Jose Ramirez, though, I see a player who is worth at least two hundred million dollars over that kind of period of time. But look, this is this is all monopoly money. I'm I'm happy he got his, but and for him to be locked up there is a great deal for the Guardians because I think on the free agent market he could have commanded something close to twice that. All right, the three most important players in baseball this year are. So the first is Christian Yelich, whom I cursed. In 2018 and 2019, he had the second best batting line in all of baseball. The last two seasons, he has left a lot to be desired. And last year in that pathetic postseason series they had, the Brewers generated five extra base hits and struck out 48 times as a team. If they're going to win the series this year, he is going to have to be Christian Yelich from the two years prior. The second buster is DJ LeMahieu. It is not a coincidence that the Yankees offense went from being good to being average when DJ LeMahieu went from being great to being average. He had an OPS plus of 178 in 2020. He was the best hitter in the American League in that shortened season. The last year went all the way down to 97. In my judgment, he is the single most important person on that Yankees team this year because as he goes, they go. And my third player, Buster, the third most important player in baseball, is Byron Buxton, who over the last two years has slugged 622, added 21 defensive runs saved, and over the last 162 games he's played, the Twins have won 101 of them. Now, I obviously don't believe in center field wins, but of course, you and I both know when that guy's healthy and he is at his best, 
He is one of the most remarkable players in the sport. And if he gives them, say, 140 games this season, it's not obvious to me that the Twins can't make the playoffs. Uh, I talked to Aaron Boone the other day, and he talked about putting DJ LeMahieu in the five spot in the lineup. Hmm. And LeMahieu, of course, you know, played a lot of last season, having the hernia issue. That's all been taken care of. He looks great this spring. I love him in the five spot because he's a guy who's going to hit. He's going to get hits, and they're going to be runners on base in front of him uh, to take advantage of that for sure. It looks like Josh Donaldson's going to bat first for the Yankees. Uh, who's going to be the best player in baseball through April? Buster, it's going to be Bryce Harper, as it almost yeah. always is in the month of April. You know this. I mean, first of all, his spring training stats are ridiculous. In 13 games, he hit eight homers with 13 RBI. Both of those figures led all players this spring. But we also know that he is a historically fast starter. He owns a career OPS of 1029 through the month of April. That's the sixth best mark all time. He's sandwiched by McGuire and Rogers Hornsby. On that list. And further, when you look at the Phillies' schedule, it's really favorable coming out of the gate here. Three against Oakland, you get to play four games in Miami, three games in Colorado, and they end the month with four games against the Rockies. My prediction is, Buster, when you guys are doing Sunday night baseball, Brewers, Phillies on April the 24th, you're going to be talking about how great, how historically great the start of Bryce Harper's season is. Look, you know, I'm a homer, but I try to, you know, get my, my biases out of there. Do you think I have that one right? I think that's an easy. That's uh, that's like saying the Orioles, you know, are going to go on the under. Okay, that, uh, that that's an absolutely easy pick right there. Um, and I've thought about this and trying to describe what the Phillies are going to be like there this year. They're going to be the team most likely to make you scream. Okay, <laughs> you know, either between Bryce Harper and the offensive production or some of the defensive uh, play that we're going to see this year, we'll just have to wait and see. All right, Hembo, thank you. Later, man. Get out of here, Hembo. Sick of Hembo. Bleacher Tweets. Alrighty, Buster. Bleacher Tweets for a glorious opening D, and we should lead off with P.K. Steinberg. He writes in, with the DH now in the NL, do you see strikeouts decreasing, staying the same, or increasing? I think decreasing a little bit. Just, you know, pitchers have have such a high rate of strikeouts uh, in the National League year after year after year, the lowest batting team batting averages would always be for the National League teams versus the American League teams just because they're those pitcher at bats. We're not going to have that now. Katie Casey at Tweacher Bleats writes in, is the Jose Ramirez extension simply a gesture of good faith from the Guardians to their fans? Do you think they will actually contend before the contract is over? Yeah, Katie, I think they'll contend. In fact, I I do feel like that the Guardians slash Indians in the past have not gotten credit for being competitive. Last year was the first season in nine season in which they didn't finish under 500. They made the playoffs year after year after year. They made the 2016 World Series. Uh, you know, I I don't didn't pick them to win the division this year. I got the White Sox, but when you look at the team, Jose Ramirez. Excellent young pitching, Shane Bieber. I, I think they're going to be competitive. I, I that's the one part of the criticism of the franchise that I've never understood. Okay, they don't spend as much money as the Yankees or the the Red Sox for sure, but they have competed on a regular basis since Terry Fra- Francona took over as manager. David Fitzgerald at Dave Fat Kid is up next. Why does Major League Baseball insist on starting the season in open air, cold weather stadiums? I am sure there are more than 15 roofed warm weather stadiums that can start the season with a nine game homestand. Yeah. And what the owners of those teams would tell you is why should we take the April games when kids are in school 
uh, and mm. our fans or stands will be relatively empty. They have uh, more open seating. Um, everybody in baseball, all 30 teams wants to have as many games in the middle of the season. And that's why this is, uh, you know, an idea that baseball has never, never followed up with. It's always about the kids in school. Uh, yep. Bleg at problematic BA three writes in, will Byron Buxton be an MVP candidate? He's looked great. Everyone wants Byron Buxton to succeed and not get hurt. No, oh, right. Well, you, you answered the question. Is he, will he be an MVP candidate? Uh, we'll know that if he stays on the field. If he stays on the field, absolutely. Trevor Dunning at Montana Met writes in, I will be at the Boston Yankees Sunday night game this weekend. This will be my first time in New York. Have any advice for me? I am hoping to see you at the game. This is right in your wheelhouse, Buster. Yeah, so I will be at the game. Yeah, and, and Trevor, maybe I'll see you there. Uh, if you are a Red Sox fan, I would wear uh, that uh, that information on a T-shirt underneath <laughs> something else. I would not wear a Red Sox cap, a, a Red Sox t-shirt out in the open, especially at night. I, I don't think that would necessarily be the best career move. Uh, by the way, Taylor, my niece, Nora Deming, she's mm-hmm. going to be at the game as well, uh, which is going to be a first for her to be at a big league game. And she's seen so little baseball. This is typical within my family. She's seen so little baseball. She, uh, when I asked her where seats were, she didn't know how to identify it. Like she didn't know left field, (laughs) right field, left field line. And so she was just sort of quiet. And she said, uh, and this person she was with said, I'm going to be behind Stanton. And I said, okay, that probably (laughs) means the, the bleacher seats out in the left field. That is hilarious. Oh my gosh. You'll have to ask her, what she felt, how she feels about the game and, and her experience and then report back. Cause I feel like it's going to be like a very scientific report viewing everything from the outside. Yep. Uh, last one for today. And uh, we'll combine these together. Matthew Porto at 30 year old Mulberry. Uh, his question is, I don't understand Buster's Dodgers skepticism last season. Buster could do nothing but praise Freeman. Now that Freeman's a Dodger, Buster laments that he's not a brave and questions the greatness of the amazing Dodger lineup. What's the deal? And the Dodgers win with a dynamic mix of homegrown talent heartwarming reclamation projects in Muncie and Taylor and big time free agents. Is there a better model franchise for the future of major league baseball? Now we have angel please writes in. Hey Buster, why didn't you mention the angels dropped five earned runs on Bueller yesterday when talking about his five strikeouts over five innings, Thor had seven strikeouts over five innings in his first appearance at angel stadium. So tackle these two Los Angeles teams for us, Buster. Yeah. And I wanted them read together because you know, they, they sort of cancel each other out in terms of conspiracy theory, the anti Dodger (laughs) conspiracy, the pro Dodger conspiracy on the Bueller thing. It was spring training. I don't think the information really matters that much Uh, about the Dodgers. If they won the world series, it wouldn't shock anybody. They're obviously loaded. Uh, I'm not doubting that the lineup is going to be really great. I just don't think it's going to be the best lineup ever. That's been the conversation because the the questions that I have, you know, will Cody Ballinger come all the way back? Will different guys stay healthy? Yes, they're an amazing team. All right, that's it for Bleacher Tweets. Tweet them to us while you're watching games today. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. That's it for today. My thanks to Alex Anthopoulos, Carl Ravage, Hembo, Sarah Abbott, Taylor Schwenk. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy opening day. It's going to be an absolute bat blast. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And remember, hate and inequality based on skin color is something that we need to fight against every single day. Thanks for listening to the Baseball Tonight podcast. If you're playing fantasy baseball, check out the Fantasy Focus podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. The Baseball Tonight podcast.